Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a secret that the Momtourage ladies have struggled with their mental health, and we're not alone. Maternal mental health is a major issue in the United States. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. Our kids deserve happy parents, and we deserve to be happy. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Or maybe Maybe the pressures of having a child and this pandemic have made you realize that things are not okay and now is a good time to start talking about it. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. Digital health is bigger than ever now during this pandemic. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And we have a special offer for Momtourage listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash momtourage. That's betterhelp.com slash momtourage. And thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Hello, friends. Hello. I'm going to apologize at the top of the show. Firstly, I just said apologize instead of apologize. I'm going to apologize at the top of the show because I don't feel well. So I'm going to be sniffling and sounding congested. But anyway. She might even have a fever. We don't know. (laughs) Intrigue. Stay tuned for the whole show where we find out, does Ashley have a fever? The worst content ever. (laughs) We've got a great show for you, unlike how Ashley feels, which is not great. If you are like us, you are pissed about what's going on in the world and the probable overturning of Roe versus Wade. We're talking to Democratic political strategist, Emily Tish Sussman. And as always, we have hashtag swag bag. But up next, take it away, progeny. But it feels like take it away, prodigy. And it was the singers of prodigy. That's funny. The tits and the sits. Can I go first? Yes. Okay, well, first, let me start with, we made it to number 11 on Podcast Magazine's Top Moms in Podcasting. That's two years in a row. We're up from number 14 last year. We are on the same list as my personal queen herself, Bethany Frankel. And that is because you guys voted for us. So thank you so, so much. We truly appreciate it. Uh, Just wanted to start off with thanking you guys because really the only way you get that is by voting. And uh, so that was all you. So thank you so much. Guys, 11, an angel number, just like us. Oh, that's true. But doesn't it have to be 11? 11-11? I don't Meh. know, Mom. I'm just going to say. Meh. So I'm going to go into the shit. My shits this week are what the fuck is this world that we are living in? What is this dystopian, crazy world that we are living in? You know, we talk about, not us specifically, but the world. Handmaiden's Tales of Biography. I know. We talk about, as a community, this concept of privilege. And I try and sit in the realization that I do have privilege. Even though I'm Hispanic and Jewish, I am a white presenter. Cis 
straight middle class woman in this country in a blue state growing up in very liberal places although I'm originally from Miami which is Florida and that is not liberal Miami is where I am in New Jersey is New York City is even LA all the places I've lived you know when Black Lives Matter happened last summer the most shocking thing to me was that there are people who live in this world who face real racism they can't walk into a grocery store wearing a hoodie Yeah, yeah real racism I'm sorry I'm searching for words because I want to make sure I say this as accurately as possible. Or get a speeding ticket, which many of us get. And it ends their life. Correct. Yeah. And because I grew up in liberal places, I went to private schools where there were black kids too. There were Hispanic kids. And, you know, I went to a school that was very hippie and very non-denominational and was very much about making sure that there were kids from underprivileged communities who got to get the same kind of education. I myself was a, a scholarship kid at my school. So for me, I always have seen everyone as equal. So what was really surprising to me was that, no, this thing, this concept of racism, that shit is real. And, you know, I've kind of been in shock this whole week and depressed. Honestly, I've been in bed for a while. and It's been very hard for me to function and I'm sick and all these other things that there are actual people out there that see women as objects, as not equal, as... And I know this sounds so ignorant and so naive and, you know, I'm embarrassed by that, to be completely honest. For a while, I thought, well, isn't that nice that I grew up in a place where I didn't know that that was the case? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But I'm just really upset and really depressed for everybody that's going through this, for women out there that are going through this and don't have partners who see them as equals and have to fight for these things, for women with partners who voted for conservative politicians who are effectively taking away their rights. It's really sad. So it's been a hard week. I myself have been trying to figure out what I can do to affect change. And in that, I just feel voiceless and powerless and hopeless. And it's really been sad. And I've also started Handmaid's Tale, which is either the best or worst time to start it. It's both. I think it is simultaneously both. Um, that's what I have to say for right now about that. I started it while I was pregnant and it was hella triggering. I was went to start it while I was pregnant because I think the first season came out when I was pregnant and the first episode where she's like running away and they take her kid away, I was like, nope, turn it off, turn it off, can't do yep. this. My hormones are racing, not doing this shit. Yeah. So I'm gonna just go to my tits, which is despite it all, Mother's Day was very nice. You know, apparently this Mother's Day strike thing was nonsense and no one really took part in it, but I took part in it in my own way. I stayed home because, again, I was sick and not feeling well and Matt grilled and made breakfast and, like, you know, we didn't do anything, but it was just so nice. It was also my first Mother's Day without my mom. Um, She was mm-hmm. upstate and I was here, so it was nice to do whatever the fuck I wanted, which was lay in bed and watch Handmaid's Tales. So <laughs> thank you to my husband for making that so nice and for being an equal partner, I guess. That's all. What is this Sebastian thinks... Usher is a mushroom. So Sebastian has his dance recital coming up in June, which I'm very excited about because it's my first like real parenting moment as the mother of a pandemic kid, which I know you can relate to. It's like you going to the mall with Luna. This song that they're doing their dance to is the Usher's DJ's Got Us Fallen in Love. And he was telling his dad, who doesn't usually go to dance class, about it. And he was singing it for Matt and he's like, mushroom, mushroom. And then he goes into the other part. (laughs) Matt's like, what is he talking about? So we put the song on and we realized 
that part at the beginning where Usher goes, Usher, Usher, because he doesn't know that word. He thought he was saying mushroom, mushroom. <laughs> and I just think that's the funniest thing in the world. Like, how funny and cute. Oh, it's the little joys these days, my friends. I thought maybe he saw a picture of Usher and he thought he looked like a mushroom, which is also not wrong. Is it not? Like, I don't see that relation at all. He's got a little button mushroom head. <laughs> Poor Usher. Usher, Usher. What are your tits and shits, my friend? Well, my tits are that we went to a bougie spa that Lee and I were like, are we like that show where Jennifer Coolidge like does White the Lotus. ashes? Is this- it was like a bougie upstate Pennsylvania spa, sleepover spa. Everything's included and you get services and you take classes and the food is like ridiculous. It was delightful. I was so incredibly relaxed. I came out of like the first day and my voice was like this. Well, that must have been a nice place to uh, bounce back from all the world news. Yes, seriously. So that was lovely. I spent the best Mother's Day there because someone else had my kid and I was relaxing and getting spa services. That's nice. Yeah, it was really nice. So that's the tits. Woodlock, if you can afford it, is amazing. It was gifted to us by Lee's parents. So that's like really lovely. And then the shits are, aside from what's happening in the world, which is putting a little bit of a riff in my family. We talked about it a little bit when we first started the podcast with the election and everything, but I come from a pretty religious family. Not my whole family is comparing this issue to religion. I know that you can be very religious and also feel that women should have the rights over their body. You know, it's not (laughs) everybody, but the shits are... There's a priest on TikTok who fights for gay rights and abortion rights and all kinds of stuff, so... There is a faction of my family that is very religious and feels differently on this subject. It's causing problems. I know a lot of people can relate to this. In the last, you know, five or six years, stuff has been pretty I can relate to it. It's been an issue. You know, I've gotten into some heated fights with the people closest to me about it, so... That's upsetting, and I'm very, very close with my family, so it is a big deal. It's a big deal to me. It is a hard thing to go through. Yeah. You know, the people on the other side of your argument and my argument would feel the same way. Of course, also feel the same way, yeah. It's not like one person hurt another person. It's just current events, really, could make such an impact on family issues. So that's my shits and um, I can't wait to see my little girl. The other shits is she's been for the first time ever and maybe it's because she's sick. She, I dropped her off at my mom's and both her and my mom got sick. Not COVID but sick. Probably something like what you have. Fever and snot and... I, I'm sure she and I probably have the same thing. I'm not saying it's her fault. It could be Sebastian's fault but right. I'm just saying we all hung out. How come I don't have it though? I just I have the strongest know. immune system ever. I get sick all the time. You like very rarely get sick which is interesting because you're also the more sickly person of the two of us. I get stomach things all the time. I just don't really get fevers and snot stuff. But anyway, she was really cryy and clingy at my mom's house, just constantly being like, I want my mommy. And that doesn't usually happen because her and my mom hang out all the time. And she usually likes my mom better, honestly. Yeah, she gets excited to see Linda. Yeah, so she was just a little cryy and whiny and wants me. I'm going to be 37 this year and every time I'm sick, I still want my mommy. So I can yeah. understand that in all honesty. Anyway, guys, we have friend of the show, Emily Tish Sussman coming on. You know, I feel like not everyone has been glued to uh, news and videos and reading articles about what's going on. And even on. if you are, like I have, I don't understand them completely. Yeah, there's a lot of different things going on. So we're going to have her break it down for us in the most basic situation of what's happening happening and we're going to just ask questions and go from there and really try to get to the bottom of what's happening here. So stick around. 
Today's guest is a lawyer, democratic political strategist, political commentator, mom, and podcast host who's interviewed Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton. Welcome the host of the She Pivots podcast and friend to the show, Emily Tish Sussman. Yay, Emily! Thank you so much, Carrie. I love being with you guys. I'm such a huge fan. Um, Last time we saw you, you were quite pregnant. The last time I was on your show was the day I had a baby. Oh my God. Thank God you could fit us in. <laughs> you know, it was a scheduled induction, not a C-section, but an induction. So when we were figuring out the date, I thought, okay, I mean, I could probably like fit in one last interview before I go in. <laughs> I went in that night. So you check, you know, you check in the night before for like the induction at, you know, whatever, yes. like 6, 7 a.m. I was induced as well. Yes. Right. So like, you know, it's happening. And I was so obsessed with getting in to make sure I had time for an epidural. I had, I mean, I had already taken myself to the ER like three times because right. I was like, I am not missing this thing. Like I am getting an epidural. I, I, this is not my first rodeo, by the way. Like this is my third kid. I just told my friend who's getting induced, I was like, biggest mistake, not getting that epidural early. Just the biggest oh mistake I made. I like walked in. I was like, do you have a free room? I mean, is the epidural ready? So I'm lying in bed and then my husband goes home to sleep for a couple of hours because he's going to end up having to be with our, our other two toddlers. So around 5 a.m. I was like, can anybody get in this room? And by the way, so this is three weeks before the lockdown. I was like, can anybody come into this room? Because this epidural is not hooked up. This is not working. I'm not supposed to be having a baby yet. And the doctor comes in and she's like, oh, um, are you alone? I was like, well, I mean, I guess I'll just like text my husband and see if he can get up. It's like around, I don't know, 5, 5.30 a.m. She looks down and she looks at me and she goes, you texted him? I think you should call him. Oh, because the baby's like sliding out of your body currently? The baby is out. Like when I looked <laughs> afterwards at the time difference between when I texted my husband and when the baby came, it was 16 minutes. No wonder that epidural was just like, we can't handle this. <laughs> so here I am screaming at everyone being like, this epidural sucks. This is not working. And they're like, I think you have bigger concerns. Like there's a baby <laughs> out of you. You're like one of those people that you hear about that went to the bathroom, thought they had diarrhea and a baby came out. <laughs> just watch Seth Meyers lobby baby. And I like literally brought it oh, up yeah. to my OB 10 times. And she was like, that's not real. But you know what? It would have been for me. We almost had the baby live on your show. I mean, talk about rating. We could have really used that actually. <laughs> totally. Listen, you are really doing God's work, not only raising basically three kids in diapers or almost diapers or pull-ups or some situation like that, and helping save all of us and our bodies. Every time we talk to you, um, times are tough. I really would like someday to talk to you when I'm not having major panic attacks over the state of the world. But you know, I'm happy to see you when we see you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Happy to drop in. Okay, so we're going to ask you some questions because Ashley and I are very passionate passionate people. You know, we're college educated, but you know, maybe not in the things that other people got college educated in. <laughs> I can clown like nobody's business. I studied clowning and other stuff and actually studied communication. So she's a good talker, but we could use a little help unpacking some of the stuff that we know about in our reading and are going to rallies about so that we can really be educated and our listeners can be educated and we're not just running our mouths like we normally do. Well, I would just like to say that I actually think that clowning is probably more useful on a day-to-day -day basis than a law degree in constitutional law. Like if I had Maybe. to break down my day-to-day, -day, I could definitely use clowning more. Let me tell you, clowning and improv has done so well with childcare. 100%. I wish I had it. Maybe next time I can show you. I'll give you some pointers. Let me tell you, my constitutional law is not really coming in that much with my kids. And a bunch of clowns are really running the country at the moment. So uh, it could really work. In overlap, we never thought we'd 
ABC, a crossover. For those of you who may not totally understand everything that's going on, Emily is going to give us a rundown. And what does that mean for us women in the world and possibly our children? I have a daughter. So, I mean, it's very real for everyone. Can you give us a little rundown and then I'll ask you some follow-up questions. And I also just want to say that part of the reason this may be confusing for some listeners, depending on where they've gotten pieces of information from, is because our news and information distribution is basically bifurcated. There's no one six o'clock news of our parents or grandparents' generation that is attempting to give us unbiased news. And they're all in the pockets of somebody. So we have we have no idea. Truly. I mean, even the local news stations have all been bought up in the past couple of years by a conservative outlet called Sinclair that has must-run programs every night. So even often when you think you're getting local unbiased news, it has often come as a package from a national outlet. I've moderated a number of panels over the last probably two years about disinformation with journalists, with people that study disinformation. We always ask for takeaways about how people can really ensure they're getting unbiased, really factual news. And I have to tell you, I'm so disheartened that none of these experts really have recommendations. They just say, oh, you know, read a variety of outlets. Sure, it sounds fine. You know, news is a business. And so things that are more inflammatory get more clicks. Therefore, they have higher traffic and therefore they can sell their ads. I mean, nothing's in print anymore. And then they say, you know, like know the source that you're getting the news from, but people tend to seek confirmation bias. So they look for information that confirms the bias they already have. And by the way, I do this too. Everybody does this. This seems factual. You know, the best that we can do is, from my opinion, find things that actually check sources and have process, which also means it's not the fastest. Right. Which is hard for us to accept in like the click moment. Sorry, I will get us back to abortion now. So I want to be very clear. Abortion is still legal. Laws have not changed. What came out, the right to an abortion is from a Supreme Court decision, Roe v. Wade in 1973. That is where that right stems from. So it is a constitutional right that comes from this law. So actually, even to think about where rights and laws come from, the role of Congress, the legislative branch, is to make laws. The role of the White House and the administration and governors, the executive branch, is to enforce laws. And sometimes regulations come from that. The Supreme Court defines the laws and the rights for us. So they can define a right as not thought of before. They can't create a right. Okay. They defined the right to bodily autonomy for women before viability of a fetus. That is the right that was defined in Roe v. Wade and further defined in 1992 in the Casey v. Planned Parenthood. Griswold is the right to contraception. Also important. <laughs> also under attack, by the way. Like, yes. Let's not pretend like they're stopping at abortion. The people who are against abortion and against contraception and want to criminalize women taking autonomy in their reproductive rights in total, let's call them the anti-choice movement, have been planning this for years. They've been getting their judges into courts. Then they bring cases so that their judges they like who are anti-abortion will rule on them. They've been stacking them up for years. And they finally got the Supreme Court makeup they wanted. They're bringing a case from Mississippi that will essentially outlaw abortion after 15 weeks with very limited exemptions for rape and incest. And by the way- Which is crazy because most people at 15 weeks don't even totally know they're pregnant. Totally. And certainly cannot get their act together to drive seven hours away and then wait two days to be able to access an abortion, right? These are not decisions, quite frankly, that you want to be making that quickly. No. mm -mm. Nobody does. Nobody wants to be in that position and nobody wants to be under that kind of pressure. That is the case that is going for the Supreme Court. What was leaked was a decision that would essentially outlaw abortion in Mississippi, but Mm -hmm. then pave the way to open it up for other states as well. The process of the Supreme Court is often the two sides, the decision side and the dissension side, will draft their opinions and then they'll circulate them to each other. 
other to see if they can convince each other, like bring any votes one way or the other. Like if they've already talked it out and they know that someone's like tinkering on one side of the law, like they'll write it so they can like bring someone over to their side. Yeah. Like in court, when you give that final statement that makes the jury decide one way or other, is it like that? Like they draft it to try to like get excitement about it? Yeah, totally. Among themselves. But that never comes out. So the fact that this was leaked is quite extraordinary. And it was only the majority opinion that was leaked, not the minority opinion. We can assume that the justices who are pro-bodily autonomy are in the minority. And probably the one that leaked it. Um, well, we really don't know that, actually. I'd say the right is really focusing on who leaked it and saying like, that there's no respect anymore for the Supreme Court. I would not say that is where my focus is. Like, my Got focus. It. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter who leaked it. <laughs> in the end, it's out there. We have seen over the last couple of years, the Supreme Court can be increasingly swayed in their decisions by public opinion. They hadn't really been, but they have more so in the last couple of years. Thank you, TikTok. Like five dances to support Roe v. Wade. So that's why these rallies do matter to see visibility mm-hmm. and to see show drawings of numbers. That is why things like this do matter. The justices are meeting today for the first time to discuss it internally. And then we can expect to see this decision to come out in late spring or early summer. Just right when we're ready to take our legs out, celebrate freedom. Yeah, exactly. Hot mom summer at a pro-choice rally. That's where we're going to be spending our time. I took my daughter to the first one. She's three. I took her That's to great. one in our town. And when I told her why, I said, people want to tell us what to do with our bodies. And she goes, well, that's very rude. Oh, I love that. It is very rude. It sure is. It is very rude. So what'll happen is that if this ruling comes out, similar to the way this majority opinion has been written that we've seen, we have every reason to believe that it will. What mm-hmm. will happen is that a number of states, 13 states up to 22 states, have put into place what they call trigger laws. So abortion will be outlawed in 13 to up to 22 states immediately because they're in place right now. And those are like the typical red states that kind of have been fighting this for a while. Yeah, I mean, it'll end up being about 36 million women will be covered under this immediately in states that'll mm-hmm. outlaw abortion. It used to be that exemptions for rape and incest were were standard. That's not the case in many of the trigger laws that have been put into place. In Idaho, they even put a law into place where a rapist family could sue an abortion doctor. Oh. I mean, like the grossest of the gross. Yesterday, the governor of Tennessee signed into law outlawing Tennessee residents from obtaining abortion pills through the mail. So, you know, Mississippi is the case that's coming up in the Supreme Court. When he was really pressed to say, well, you know, is outlawing contraception next, birth control next? He dodged the question a number of times. And I would just like to say to the listener who might not have experience in this, I had a pregnancy, was going to have the baby alone. It was an accidental pregnancy. And after hearing a heartbeat, it was no longer the second doctor's appointment. We no longer heard that heartbeat. So I had to take the abortion pill. It did not work. I had it intravaginally. It did not work. I waited a little longer. I ended up having to have a DNC because I would have died if I could not have had that DNC. We kept waiting. We kept waiting. I would have been septic. And not only that, just to the listener who might feel differently than, let's say, Ashley and I do, it was very hard to have a pregnancy that I wanted the baby die and then, or the fetus or whatever you want to, however you want to call it. I like to call it a baby because I, you know, I had connection to it, but it's really a fetus. The fetus died. And then making a woman wait all that time 
time knowing that she has a dead fetus in her body when she's already extremely upset about the whole situation is really horrible. And I've had many friends that have had the option if they couldn't was they would have to carry a fetus to term that was not alive. And that's it's very dangerous to the mother. And there's lots of other areas than just like, oh, we're just using abortions for birth control, guys. Like there's a lot of gray areas, everyone. So, you know. And these are weighted, difficult decisions every step of the way. And the idea that you would have other factors at play and other limitations other than what is right for you. And that men are making these decisions anyway when a man has never been pregnant. I know. I mean, the fact that Texas just outlawed abortion after six weeks is so beyond me. I mean, who knows they're pregnant and is ready to be able to say they can't carry it at six weeks? You only know you're pregnant at six weeks if you were really wanted a baby and were infertile. Right. If you were like implanted, literally That's the only time. really the only time you know you're pregnant that early. Really. I know. When I saw six weeks, it really just re-registered and confirmed for me that it is men making these laws right. because no woman could possibly know and be able to carry that decision by six weeks. If you were stressed and your period was late. Yes, that is six weeks, right? Like every time you're stressed and your period's late, you got to go like check to make sure, oh, I got to go make sure I got to get that abortion on time. Like it's absurd. So you sort of describe how this is going to play out. They're obviously going to take note of what people in the country are doing. That's why showing up matters yeah. because you said they do sometimes change their decision. However, we will know by spring what happens. Yeah, beginning of June is when most of the opinions come out. We You don't get advance warning which opinion's coming, so we won't know exactly what day. June is when this term decision comes out. Look, they're not going to totally change their mind. This is what they've been right. waiting for. It's going to be right. some version of this. But, I mean, let's just, just keep in mind, abortion is legal right now until that comes out, so I want to make that very clear. Everybody, quick! <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, exactly. No, I, totally. But stuck. I know. Get your IUDs now, folks. Get them in. Well, who knows what they're coming for next, quite frankly. I mean, you know, right. every infertility doctor is saying this is the big question that all of their patients are coming to them with, and we don't know. There's no answers. There's right. no answers. It is the gray area. They don't know how it's going to end up affecting IVF or assisted pregnancy. Planned Parenthood has rallies that bans off our bodies all over the country. This Saturday, May 14th, all over the country. You can find those if you just Google like bans off our bodies. You can find those local ones powered by Mobilize in case you guys have done events through there before. You can find those. Definitely join those as you can go. And I would say contact every level of representative in government that you have. There are very critical races, congressional races, local races coming up. There are primaries coming up. People who are running for office who have the ability, who, I mean, it's going to go to the states. The power is going to go to the states. That's where it's going right. to go. You cannot believe the unchecked-ness of the state legislatures. Many of them only meet every other year to begin with. So even if they have these laws in place and they want to take them off the book, they can't, yeah. right? So like, we got to vote them out. We have to put new people yeah. in place. I mean, they don't even have staff most of the time in state legislatures and in state assembly offices and state senate offices. If you like Google who they are and find them, there's going to be a contact there. It literally might be their own cell phone. Like they are right. so understaffed. So bombard them with the fact that you need to see every protection at your state level, at your local level. This is where the regulations and laws are going to come from. It is not out of the question that if Republicans take control of the House, Senate, and presidency, they ban abortion federal. Total. Total federal abortion ban. The Senate leader, Mitch McConnell, said that last weekend. That is in consideration. Control of the Senate will come up in this midterm election, as well as the House. So it's so important right now to really get out there. Absolutely. And the battleground, by the way, 
today is going to be suburban moms. That is where the battleground is going to be. So this is a conversation that we know, even if women aren't openly talking about it, we know that one in four women in their lifetime will get an abortion. So I I mean, I have some news for you guys. It's like some Republican women too, right? Yeah, uh uh-huh. There's new polling out about where support is. You know, a vast majority of people don't support criminalizing abortion, but 50% of Republicans do support criminalizing it for the doctor who performs it. They are going to go over into every aspect. And so our voices need to be as loud as possible because people who represent us in government need to be afraid of us. They need to be afraid that we're going to revolt. I have two mini questions to that. Is there any one person that can stop this? Can the president be like, no, no, that's not how that works? No, that's not how that works. Means that the power is going to go to the state level. Got it. Unless Congress passes protections for abortions and the president signs it into law, there is not currently the votes to pass that through Congress. Got it. And then for like religious conservatives, what is the argument? Just that all life begins at conception? What is the argument here? You know, it changes. But like that doesn't explain going after doctors. It doesn't explain stopping contraception, like stopping birth control. I mean, I have a little bit of trouble wrapping my head around those arguments. I'm probably not the right guest to answer that. (laughs) If you don't want people to have abortions, then why are you stopping them having birth control? And why are you stopping them having comprehensive sex ed in schools? They should know what they should not be doing. Exactly. I know. That's why I got got some trouble with it. Real question is how far are we from total handmaiden's tale? Uh, Like closer than I expected. I know. Especially with COVID finding out that there's, it might be impotence in men. Yeah, exactly. No, literally. One of the creepiest lines from this leaked opinion is that part of the reason they think that we should not be able to have abortions in the country is because there should be a, quote, domestic supply of infants for people who want to adopt. Domestic supply of infants of people who want to adopt. That is literally handmaid's tale. Oh, that just made my stomach turn. I'm going to just list a couple facts here. Uh, Just go off. Feel free to add if you have any more facts. And then we'll have you plug all yourself and all your things. But I want you to be here for these facts in case there's more. Obviously, I'm a clown, literally. So six in 10 adults, that's 61%, say that abortion should be legal in most or all cases. The rate of abortions increased significantly in the decade after Roe versus Wade. It has since decreased to below the 1973 level. Pregnancy and childbirth are far more dangerous than getting an abortion, according to data from the CDC. I pretty much died in childbirth, so I can uh, attest to that. Over 90% of abortions happen in the first trimester. That's by 13 weeks. Medical researchers agree a fetus is not capable of experiencing pain until the third trimester, somewhere between 29 or 30 weeks. Despite this, 16 states have passed abortion bans based on the notion that fetuses experience pain at or around 22 weeks. More than 60% of abortion patients have a religious affiliation. According to research from the Guttmacher Institute, 59% of women who have had abortions already have had at least one child. Of that number, 33% have had at least two children. So one, something that Momtourage feels really strongly about and we want people to understand is that the people who are banning and passing these laws have the money and the power to go somewhere else to get it. Who doesn't is the same people often who are dying at a higher mortality rate. So once again, we have racism, classism, full handmaiden's tale at work here. And then the other thing is it's a slippery slope when this happens because honestly, in my personal opinion, Carrie here, not the whole momtourage necessarily. I, I, Ashley's not here to speak 
speak for this, but the rights of gay marriage, all of this is, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, it's quite clear from the language that was leaked that this is the beginning, not the end of limiting individual rights, whether it comes to bodily autonomy, reproductive autonomy, marriage. This is the beginning, not the end. It really does become, quite frankly, a parade of horrors and a place that we were used to seeing affirm rights the Supreme Court. It's a very different court now. Look, I mean, this sounds really handmaiden's tale and depressing when I say it, but you know, what if the most important election of our lifetime already happened? Yeah. And even every time I say it, I feel chills. I mean, it's a great log line for a movie. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But like all we can do now is mitigate the harm to some degree and try to move policy forward. But we can't deny that the lasting impact of the Trump presidency is massive and potentially again. I also want to say, I think this is really important. The role of the mother, the role of the woman in the household has changed very drastically in the last 50 to 60 years. However, there is still some shadow of that not wanting to disagree with your partner or with your family or trying to keep the family together and not create conflict. And something that Ashley and I have experienced in our own lives over different things in the last five years, when we do stand up for what we believe in, there are rifts in the family. Whether it's the direct family, like your family unit in your household or your extended family, I'm experiencing right now, I come from a very religious family. Um, Most of the members of my family are pro choice, but there are some factions that are not, and it's it's creating a riff in the family. I know Ashley experienced it quite a bit with the Trump presidency, and lots of my friends have experienced it with the Trump presidency. You know, listen, hopefully your family bond is strong enough to prevail. It's important that we, as women, stand up for ourselves and our children moving forward. You don't always have to make a loud show of it, but put your money where your mouth is. Do the things that need to happen. If you're not comfortable going to rallies and posting about it on Facebook, then vote. Write your Congress people. Get on the phone. There's ways that you can do it that you don't have to create a huge ripple. I'm a huge ripple kind of girl. I always have been. I'm loud. I'm like, if you don't like me, don't talk to me kind of person. But you can do this without being that way. There is a lane for everyone in order to support what you believe in and not just support, protect what you believe in. I couldn't agree with that more. And by the way, one of the ways that we can do that is if you are a person who does not feel comfortable making calls or, you know, being engaging with others, go to an office of, you know, the organizer, whether it's Planned Parenthood or a congressional office, whatever it is, and offer to watch kids. Oh, yes. Offer to watch kids of moms who are willing to do it so they can make calls and knock doors. That's great. Because you know what? I think that that is a big issue that doesn't get talked about too much because I know that in my family, there are are women who feel that the same way that we're, what we're talking about now, the need to support, but don't want to make a big deal out of it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you don't do anything. There are ways to do it that are tailored for every woman's needs. Is there anything else you want to share or say before I have you plug yourself and all your amazing things? I would say just start exercising the muscle. Start where you feel comfortable. If you feel comfortable watching your friend's kids so they can go volunteer and doing it at your house, do that. When you call congressional offices, it is actually the least scary thing on earth. Everyone thinks it's going to be 
so scary. You either get an answering machine or you get a 19-year-old intern who's instructed to only take down your words and not respond. Yes. So it's like actually the least scary thing on earth. Start where you feel comfortable, but start somewhere because mm-hmm. even if this hasn't been your experience yet, you never know when it could be and you never know who does need these options. Emily, it's always a joy. I wish we could talk about like summer fashion or something. <laughs> we have to get together and have cocktails yeah. or something. Something that makes us just not always just leave the conversation being like, oh dear God. I know. It's not you. It's the country. It's everything. Tell us about your new podcast. Plug yourself. Plug anything that you want. Well, I was about to say, have me back. We will. I, for the first time, just launched a non-political podcast. And we'll talk to you about it. It's exciting. So I'd love to come and talk with you guys about it. The show is called She Pivots. It's out everywhere now that you listen to your podcast. It is the first podcast from Marie Claire Magazine. They've been a dream partner on this. And this show came from the place that I had three kids in three years during a Trump presidency and I ran congressional campaigns. Like those things you cannot do all at the same time. So I, being a workaholic, felt Mm -hmm. totally broken by it and felt like I needed to hear, I needed inspiration and I needed to hear stories of women who changed their careers for deeply personal reasons, Mm -hmm. not professional reasons, like personal reasons. So for me, it was my kids killed my career. I wrote an article with that name, but I want to hear from women. I want the show to be accessible to women who have changed their careers for all sorts of reasons. So we have women whose businesses were shut by the pandemic. We have women who came out as trans and it ended their career, but then took them in a different direction. We have women who have had all sorts of pivots in their lives. And then they found success having built on everything they had experienced and learned before. So She Pivots is out now. Our first guest episode is out next week, but we have trailers up. You can hear it. Subscribe, please. You can find us on Instagram at She Pivots the Podcast and you guys will be getting good stuff out from it. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Thank you. And did you have a boy or a girl this last time? This last time was a girl. So I have boy, girl, girl. And now she is a little sassy pants like her sister. Yeah, mm -hmm. I got a sassy pants downstairs right now. Well, Emily, as always, thank you so much. Guys, we called her and we're like, can you come on in two days? We're so scared. So thank you for making time out of your busy schedule. As Ashley and I are like, we're gonna do something. Let's call Emily. Always for you guys. Always from Entourage. Hashtag swag bag. All right. Hashtag swag bag. I'm going first. All right. Do it. The Handmaid's Tale. Again, (laughs) I don't know if this is the best time or the worst time. Me, Miss TV. It's taken me so long to get to it because I knew it was going to be such an emotional journey. I am on the end of season two. And let me tell you, there have been tears shed. But I don't know how realistic or how close this is to actually happening. My husband keeps saying, well, if you're depressed, why do you want to watch this? And I'm like, I just want to prepare myself. I just need to know. I'm like playing the game in my head. Am I going to be a Martha? Am I going to be a handmaid? Do I go to a colony? I guess I'm still fertile. Yeah, Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. Get ready. That's an emotional fucking journey. Now, this was going to be my swag bag regardless of that listener's email. Abortions. Yitty. What? Yitty. Why? Oh, like line. kitty with a Y. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lizzo's Fabletics line is next level. I went and I bought a lot of items. <laughs> I need to buy the, the short onesie you have because I bought a tennis skirt and I need one to go under it. The whole line is good. Also, made me feel good because I was an extra small. I was like, bless you, Lizzo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's worth the money right there. <laughs> I 
Shape in an extra small since 2014. Thank you, Lizzo. <laughs> that alone, I was like, I'll take four. I know. They have a, like, onesie. It looks like a singlet, like a wrestling singlet. That's what I need to get. It's shapewear. Now, it's motherfucking amazing. It's a little bit tricky to get on, mm. but once it's on, it's mega comfortable, like mega comfortable. Does it have a built-in bra? Yes. Okay. We know from the Scary Mommy days that shapewear is necessary and not necessarily comfortable. Yeah. I've tried a lot of different shapewear. Me too. This is yummy, wear-it-all-day shapewear. And guys, ready? You ready for the best part? It has this system at the crotch that flaps over, but you separate it and it's a full hole to piss and shit. Here's my concern with that because I know Spanx has that, but when you're wearing your shapewear as outerwear, you can't see it. So if you sit, like let's say you're sitting on the floor with your feet right by your butt and your knees are up, is that a little hole going to show everyone your labia? No, it's this weird system. I don't know how to describe it. Like, I didn't even notice it was crotchless at first. Huh. And then I took it home and I was like, it can be crotchless. You can have sex in this thing. I'm going to order it. It's amazing. I bought this really cute Adidas tennis skirt and it's sheer. It's like pretty see-through. So I just want one of those, like a short onesie to wear as a top and bottom under it. Yes. And I've been looking for one on Amazon and they're always like, oh, careful. This one's kind of see-through. So I'm going to order this for it. This is amazing. I got it in black and uh, like a nude color. It also comes in like highlighter yellow and lavender and like it's really, really cute. I also got a sports bra that's like sexy and fits really well and it's Mm. like comfy and pants and biker shorts. I went whole hog crazy. So you had to do the membership, the Fabletics membership. Right. And I got like a million things for hardly any money and then I'll just cancel. I'll just cancel. I'll guarantee you Fabletics won't be doing a sponsorship with us anytime soon. Whatever. It's fine. Lizzo, reach out. Do the right thing. (laughs) But it is so cozy. It's so good. It's like next level good. Huh. It sucked in my belly and gave me a waist. Ooh, I love that. Okay, I'm in. Does she make bathing suits too? Not yet, but she will. You should follow it on Instagram. Yeti. All right, guys. Well, it's been another wonderful, wonderful dystopian week with you. We love you. Stay safe. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or mamadramaband.com. 